Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. It is a new season. It's uh, episode one. It's 23-24. Um, what, what season is this for the Tip Manor pod? We started in 2019, so this is our fifth season. Is it our fifth season? Fourth season. Fifth. Fourth season. I couldn't fourth. really work it out. Is this our fourth season? Yeah, fourth, isn't it? Yeah, but fourth. 29. Fifth. 19, 20, 21, 22, and now, now we're on 23. This is our fifth oh, season. Yeah. We've yeah. been doing this for five seasons. Jesus yeah. Christ. It's impressive. We deserve some recognition for this. Well, uh, that that's quite apt because I was just making some notes on uh, what Yellow's Forum have been describing us over the summer. So apparently we're laid back and analytical. Okay, good. Check. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like we're dreary and not very upbeat. Shit. Check. And, and, <laughs> and Ox Forever called us or said, you all sound quite depressed. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, like, understandable. What, what were we meant to do last season? But I don't know, enough. but I'm, I'm bringing wine to the pod this year. Yes. So there we Poor go. We'll, Jack. we'll be upbeat in no time. I mean, I mean, look at it. It's already more upbeat than usual. James yeah. hasn't asked each one of us individually how we are. Go or on, what James. you have for dinner. Exactly. Yeah. Or what our favourite biscuit is. But um, We're in on. the fifth season. That stuff is... Thing of the past, <laughs> past the tricky second, third, and fourth season, and we're now in the f- easy ride, fifth of the season. Yeah, um, we should hit a hundred episodes during this campaign if all goes well. We're on ninety-two. This is our ninety-third, so surely we need some epic hundredth episode um, special at some point. We need to have a think about that. Um, as people will have heard, we've got John, Jack, and Connor on, and I'm James. Hello, everyone. Uh, Quite a lot to talk about, really. Um, definitely some news. Home kit was unveiled, um, unveiled today. Stadium stuff. We can talk about um, <laughs> some socials-related stuff in terms of the various icons that slowly started appearing on Twitter, sending um, the OUFC fan base into raptures. You could tell it was the off-season, couldn't you? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a good bit analyse something. Yeah. <laughs> quite enjoyed it in the end. Yeah, Jack um, was at the Jack was definitely at the forefront of that as well. Yeah, he's nodding away. He knows. I, I I have to say it was one of my only engagements on Instagram ever, where I messaged a club being like, "Please don't change the badge." I was just picturing this like quadrant <laughs> of um, a mini, and I don't... <laughs> <laughs> <Can you> imagine. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about transfer stuff. Look at how the squad's shaping up, um, and then look ahead to the fixtures for the season. Which I haven't really spent much time looking at, so you'll get some live reaction. Um, cool news. So, boys, the 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 guys have gone to Spain. The training camp's on. I was listening to the Dub Pod, and they were talking a lot about how yesteryear's kind of preseason trips and Austria and everything else. Where where do you guys stand on that, Connor? How do you how do you feel? Do you think it's it demonstrates professionalism? kind of the way the club's going about things or do you, do you think it's a shame that there's not more of an opportunity for fans to get involved? I see it for two sides of the coin. There's obviously a, a, a large group of spectators who would obviously be willing to travel and be involved with pre-season and you know, would like that kind of quote-unquote like exclusive access to players and getting close to them and you know, all that sort of stuff. But equally on the flip side, I think it's uh, it does demonstrate a bit of professionalism. I think you only had to listen to the head of performance and his his little cameo um, that was posted on social media today about, you know, just the level of detail that they're going into. And it does seem like Liam Manning is obviously the the driver of that. 
Um, and I, I'm fully behind it. You know, I think the, to be honest with you, the content in terms of fan engagement that's, that's been occurring quite recently from the club has been excellent. You know, I think that's been getting people on board, regardless of whether you can go to the preseason tour or not. So yeah. I think actually Oxford United as a club are doing doing the right things, in my opinion. And, and I'm I'm happy just to sit back and uh, endure injury bister with the rain pissing down, having a look at the uh, the uh, <clears throat> sunny pictures of the of the players enjoying themselves in preseason training. So it's fine with me. Nice. The thing is, though, like when they went to Austria, like it's incredibly random they went to Austria in the first place. So the sort of fan engagement for that all kind of made sense. Like you would do it because it's such a random situation. Whereas it's kind of Spain's a bit, it's not as special, is it? So you could do a bit of like, oh. you know, attend the games and that sort of stuff. It's a big statement that. Yeah, say so Alicante is lovely. I'll tell you about. Well, no, I mean, but it's like in terms of a different place to go and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It, um, so I'm not um, too fast either. Here's to next preseason in Mongolia. That'll be exactly <laughs> one. Um, Jack, did you see Harry Routledge's interviews? He's done a couple, but to Connor's point, he does seem the attention to detail is there. It's very kind of as you'd expect with a Manning kind of backroom team. Everyone seems to know their job, and um, it all seems very organised. Yeah, it does feel like there's been a little bit of a shift in, I don't know, maybe ownership from other members of the backroom staff. So previously, as we've discussed lots, it felt like Carl Robinson kind of had or dictated everything. And whilst we still had the likes of Harry Routledge and co, um, maybe perhaps they weren't quite fulfilling the head of title that they've got, whereas now they've been left to run their departments themselves, mm. interact with the manager um and the programme sounds pretty impressive and well thought out, hence why, you know, it's a week in Spain, then we come back, a couple of kind of lesser games and then build into championship games. It feels much more structured than Carl Robinson's, let's play th- three games in three days and hammer the players and then we get off to a bad start. So I think there's just been a shift in mentality since Liam Manning came in and it's all feels quite positive. Yeah. Uh, and John, it's nice that we've started pre-season with some faces already through the door, some some new blood. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was thinking back to, it might have even been last pre-season, but it's one of these things you see happen in football and you kind of think, that just doesn't seem right, but then it gets washed away and then you're not, you're, none of us are football managers and all that sort of thing. But I think it was last pre-season. We went on pre-season with barely any players at all and you were thinking like, well, how can they build up partnerships, relationships yeah. when there yeah. weren't even like half the players available? And I think it was one of those ones where it just was an absolute shambles. And so, it, but it just, you just think, get players in early. They get to know each other quicker. All these things happen quicker. So, yeah, it's a great, great sign. Absolutely. We'll get on to the details of the players themselves in a bit. But um, the only other thing I thought I'd know, it does feel like the, um, the local media coverage has shifted a little bit. But that might just be my perception of it. But you've, you've had kind of on the dub... Um, Liam Manning doing a couple of specials, haven't you? Where he's come on and talked about bits and pieces. But it just, there's something, there's something a little bit, it feels like BBC Oxford have lost a bit of that foot through the door, if you will. I don't know, is that Jer- just me? No, or- Jerome, Jerome did allude to it in on one of the dubs saying they'd not been granted, I don't know if it was permission, but they hadn't actively been invited in to interview any of the new players. Well, that was it. But he yeah. did kind of hint at yet 
as if the club are you know getting Spain out the way pre-season well underway and then maybe having a media day or something. Um, that being said, I think it's actually improved the quality of the iFollow interviews. When you when you're the only interview, I think it forces you to be a bit more um, detailed, perhaps than than previous yeah. seasons. So I don't, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think the fact we still we're still getting the dub every season uh, every week is pretty good. As plenty of local football clubs who don't get next to nothing from their local stations. So. Yeah, it's, it's been good. Um, and what about? photos everyone's kind of looking at photos of players looking at squad numbers that type of thing but i saw findley in one of the the kind of videos shown and obviously there was a lot of speculation he'd be leaving but he looked like he was having a great time in the sun is there is there anyone else that seems to be missing Seddon, i'm guessing hasn't been spotted anyone else Seddon and baldock are the two that haven't been seen at all so okay well there you go um kit so home kit released today it made me feel really old looking at all the marketing material coming out because <laughs> they didn't seem to get any pensioners or um people in their mid-30s to don the kits this year it was all very woke um pretty well done though to be fair um do you know pretty I mean? woke you're gonna get cancelled for saying that <laughs> um, quite, you're calling our youth team and women's team woke team woke i was gonna say but these are the future of oxford united here james and you're just slamming them i just think you've got you know you've got to appeal i'm hoping that there'll be a nice you know diverse set of people wearing kits different weights sizes john likes talking about heights doesn't he john what height would you like to see someone <laughs> wearing the kit in six um, two I mean, you've put me on the spot with this sort of question. I mean, it's a lot to think about. Six one, six one, yeah. Sort of like a little bit out there. Okay. You just got to go to the first game of the season. You can spot all those, so that's fine. But then you've got to think about photos with lunging people that means they're shorter. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What about? There's been dig us out of the hole now. Uh, We have done well, Connor. As per the shirt, it's not helpful for the listeners. You've got the pinstripe shirt behind yes. you the lion trust one promotion the promotion shirt from Framed 15 16 yeah do you think signatures. pinstripes do you think pinstripes are going to bring us home again this season yeah Pin, pinstripes are by far my favorite design on a kit i was only saying earlier on to to sophie that when i was a kid i used to draw football kits i used to always just like make them up and do different designs and colors and all this sort of stuff it's just, it's just like a hobby and i always used to go back to the pinstripe and even now it still sticks with me it's just kind of such a classic look for football shirts and I really like it I think this year's as well it's in, in comparison to that Lion Trust shirt that's behind me that you alluded to which was the 2016 season I think 15 um, what well, we got 15, promoted 16. man Jesus yeah, yeah that one yeah yeah I got it right James chill out um, and uh, there's a slightly thicker pinstripe this year but I quite like that and I like the, the what's your ideal density of pinstripe on the thicker side, in millimeters. See, I just disagree. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm with the thickness, nah, of the, like... thickness of the stripes of the Lion Trust. That's one of my slight grumbles with the new. Okay. Shirt. All right. Oh my God! Finally, something that we our pod disagrees on. Yeah. Whoa, stripe shit. width. The bed. We've been waiting Let's, for it. We spend an hour on this. Stripe width. Yeah. Go on, James. You chip. You chip in there with the sponsor, and then let's have an argument. Go yeah, on. I do actually. <laughs> What's your ideal? <laughs> well, no, I, I am. The BG is still. In my in my eyes, overbearing. And then the Very only other thing I'd have to say on it is that Jack, you pointed this out, didn't you? But the the actual oh, yeah. like it's a print with yellow 
they haven't like just put the text on there's a whole like yellow background that's a different shade of yellow to the the shirt which is a bit annoying but i haven't seen it in the flesh so maybe yeah. it's not as um dramatic as it looks i will i will report back on that because i've already ordered one so yes, it'll, please. Probably be th- it'll probably be through my door pretty quick because i know it's been dispatched today which is pretty impressive it's a fair play to the to the boys and girls working at the club shop they're obviously been very busy okay all right looking well, forward watch. to the uh away shirt that we don't already know what it looks like yeah uh, i mean I'm, yeah. I'm all i'm all over that away shirt as well that's so nice what was it the black and red red striped. And black yeah yeah wasn't that yeah. the away shirt in the same lion trust season was... Yeah, and I missed out on buying it, so I kind of wouldn't mind it yeah. if it's of a similar ilk this time round. Yeah. If they just swap out nice. the BG for a uni part, I'm fully down for it. I, I think I will get that one. I'm getting one of them. The, the third one was the the blue, blue electric one. blue looking. That was horrendous, in my opinion. It looks like a goalkeeper shirt. The last time I had a shirt that colour, I always picture Steve McLean standing on a ball away at Torquay. I think it was. <laughs> Um, I quite like that. That was a Nike shirt though, with Briddle on it, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that reminds me of Danny Bullman. That one. Yeah. Ah, nostalgia. I know nostalgia, nostalgia. Um, but it is. It... I like it. I'm happy with the kits personally. But... How did it, did anything happen about how those kits got leaked? It was a bit of a shame, wasn't it? I thought it was just yeah. someone having a blast on Photoshop, but uh, I reckon it was someone from Macron. To be honest, I have a strange feeling. Yeah. But... That's just allegations, isn't it? But it was a shame. It was a shame that it got released. Do you want to speculate um, on any names? Yeah, I could. Yeah, I reckon it was um, Ted? Jeanette, Jeanette Smith. This could yeah, be after the season ended before it started. Yeah, classic Jeanette. <laughs> Sued by Macron. Sued by opening other people's parcels. Yeah, just a shame that it was it was leaked in that way because I think obviously you can tell that the media team had put a lot of work and a lot of effort into the, yeah. into the production of the you know the, the marketing side of things and for it to be spoiled by someone you know just jumping the gun and getting a little bit too excited and trigger happy on twitter um was a bit disappointing to be fair but that's unfortunately the nature of uh, of social media and how things can spread like wildfire so a bit of a shame but it's what it is yeah but again a fair play to the club all the kind of social media out output seem to have been upped the quality of what's coming out is good. Hopefully that does prompt more fan engagement um, across the board and the, the club's kind of clocked on to that. So there you go. Only other thing around kits and stuff, training kits, 40 quid for a T-shirt. I'm a bit sad. Where's the world especially, gone to? Especially as it's just a template, isn't it? Yeah, it's like a t- you can go on the Macron site and it's a template shirt. But, you know, I think it's pretty standard, isn't it? That that's that's the case, but I'll be probably waiting for the sale. Mm. I quite like the quarter zips, but they just make you look fat, even if you're not fat. They just make you look fat. I don't know why. Just don't. Just, they just hug you in all the wrong places. <laughs> <laughs> they just do. Jack's taking notes. No, I was, <laughs> I was just corner. rereading the description that we were laid back and analytical and we're starting to start <laughs> looking fat in football shirts. <laughs> Connor's nipples pierce through the quarter length um, training shirt. Um, I'll send you some pictures, James. I don't know how we move on from this now to something See, else. We've but... never really done timestamps for the episode. This is probably at least six minutes. We're doing well. On pinstripe density. And yeah. the, uh, <laughs> zip to fat, nipple <laughs> change ratio. <laughs> um, yeah. In some serious news, Mick Brown. So he was the club secretary for 34 years. He's been at the club for 41 years in total, but he's stepping back to being assistant secretary Vanessa Gom is coming in um I think one of you guys knew a bit more about Mick 
or had a story? Or my... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure loads of people have much better stories than this, but it was just as sign of a. I mean, he he's still around. He hasn't died or anything. But um, he's just. I did work experience at the club many moons ago, and um, he took me to training. He t- drove me over to the training ground, and I was sort of like, you know, I don't know, ten or twelve, or maybe a bit older than that or something. But he was just kind of, you know, you go to the club and you're just really nervous because you're suddenly around these players um, that you've seen on the pitch and all that. And uh, yeah, it was just really nice and just took me over to training. Was telling me all about. I think Steve Basham had just signed. Was telling me about how everyone was so excited about him, and just kind of yeah, just sort of made me feel very welcome. And then I also remember on, I think it was an away game somewhere, this fan had lost their partner who just sort of gone missing and wandered off somewhere. And apparently Mick Brown kind of got in his car and drove around like some of the streets and found this person and got them back to their supporters coach and sort of took them back oh. to Oxford and all that sort of thing. So yeah, just... Um, Good egg. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, my ignorance is that I don't really know what a club secretary does, but it sounds like they're just in and around the place um, keeping helping to keep things running. But just organise blooming everything. <laughs> yeah, all the things. Well, the 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 Mick Brown story that's the less favourable one is was it was his error that caused the points deduction in the conference season. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I imagine secretaries must do player registration and stuff. But um, yeah, I think that I was reading some stuff earlier, and <clears throat> I think he's known throughout the FL as being you know such a, a good chap and a you know such an experienced person. So I think you know he's deserved to step back. You know, forty one years in the same same. Uh, place is some stint but the fact yeah. he's sticking around as well is really good for the club and for Vanessa stepping in as well so you know con- continuity and is the word they like to use and we're, we're getting that nice yeah I saw that it, it referenced that other clubs still come to him for advice on things which I thought is telling isn't it so um thank you Mick for all your services uh stadium stuff um the the stadium survey from Oxford City Council still live until the end of the 23rd of July. Uh, so you can get to that from um, oxfordshire.gov. I can't talk. oxfordshire.gov.uk slash the triangle. Um, they were also doing some drop-in exhibitions. A couple have already gone that were at Exeter Hall in Kidlington, but there's one on the 7th of July at Cutsalow Community Centre um, and the 8th of July at the county library as well. So you can get some of the details from that from the club site as well. It's been um, slightly, not downplayed, but I think it's just important to re-emphasise how important it is to fill that survey. And it's almost jumping back to that thing where we all wrote letters to the various councillors. It's just something that if it doesn't quite go our way on the numbers, can just get thrown back. And it's a council document as well. So they're really going to have to, they (laughs) they can't brush aside their own yeah so it's definitely a get on and do job absolutely i can't i feel like i filled out that many surveys of late that i can't remember which ones i have or haven't done but i did click on that um earlier on when i was getting the notes ready and i hadn't done that so i'll be doing it Um, in the um the summary document for like the club producer why they think they are meeting the seven criteria for the the council's strategic priorities is really really good yeah it's they just sort of lay out really quite clearly how they're going to do it. And there's some really clever bits in it. Like they talk about how the green space, and there's a lot, a lot of detail about that, is going to be sort of basically at the top part of the site. And the stadium is going to be right down to the bottom 
of the site so that basically the areas everyone will come to and first interact with will be the green space and the sort of more community aspect um and cleverly in the text it says the bit closest to Giddlington <laughs> will be the green space um and there's lots of yeah. things in there they're creating different structures around sports facilities around public transport um so it's definitely worth a read like it's a really good document nice and then um just to follow up on the the survey piece but the the club have basically said that um just for as a reminder that the cabinet will be coming together on the 19th of september and that's when the decision is actually made around the triangle um so yeah not long to go really in the scheme of things is is it before that that meeting and so as john said everyone listening please please make sure you're getting that survey filled out and get your views across and then the only other bit, the, the club posted out um, the first of a series of articles that they were calling Spotlight articles. And the first one was based all around the green and accessible space that they want the community to be able to utilize all year round. Um, so there's some good, nice kind of uh, illustrations of some kind of prototypes and that type of thing. But they've also appointed... Um, an ecological biodiversity and landscaping specialist team to ensure that pillar of the project is developed in line with community environmental needs. So again, they're doing everything they possibly can, aren't they, to get all the boxes ticked. I don't personally know any anyone that fits that mould, but the club's found someone, so there you go. Um, Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Good job you're not in charge of that yeah. appointment then, James. <laughs> <laughs> just no one in my friendship group um, um, I'm really <laughs> uh, the only other bit I was just going to pick up on again the, all of the, the socials drama about um, just reconnecting the trying to reconnect the fans back to the city remind everyone about um, the, the core parts of the city through the icons they were delivering out Jack where did you did you were you worried at any point I mean the first one that came out was the the manor arch which looked I thought it was our logo the first time I saw it. Yeah, we were, going, we were going big time. Yeah, official club podcast, but no. But did you? Where did you feel like that was going, or do you never have any worries? About I, <clears throat> I just wondered if it was a starting to look at a stadium document. Um, I didn't think it was ever going to be a, a badge change or anything like that. Um, they wouldn't kind of do that without a consultation piece with the fans. I don't think. Um, I thought it was a really clever bit of marketing. And, and kind of comms generally to get a lot of um, kind of KPIs now are driven by how many clicks are we getting on social media and how many replies are we getting and that kind of thing. And I mean, they went through the roof for all of this. So yeah. the social team have probably done their season's worth of um, engagement already. But I think they've said over the next few weeks, we're going to kind of see a bit more about what this means and, and, and what it stands for. But I think it's quite a nice idea, to be honest. I, I like when you talk about that they would have had to have gone for a fan consultation. Then you think about all the shit badges that he like Burton Albion's badge is just a fat bloke leaning back. 
Barnsley, Barnsley. When they change like... the badge, I don't mean the original. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> oh, it's like Leeds United's proposed badge a couple of years ago. Yeah. That oh. was horrendous, and the fans absolutely yeah. slammed them for it, didn't they? And then Brad- Bradford were going to change theirs to a Kentucky Fried Chicken style chicken, but the fans kicked <laughs> off, so they left it alone. <laughs> Do you Barnsley also, people yeah. don't know it. Look at the Toby Tyke Barnsley. Um, it looks like a preschool kids badge. Do you not remember the, the happy dog? Have a look. It's worth it's worth a look. We are pretty lucky, really. I mean, yeah, it's great. Yeah, I mean, just thinking, we don't seem to do any of this stupid shit as a football club. That really, I can't think of many things over the years that we've done that have been particularly shocking. There were some mugs last season that we were a bit embarrassed about. Probably before. Um, the Animalati's shirt, but there's we haven't done anything else that's stupid, have we? When when people started panicking that they were going to change the badge, I had a little look through other clubs' badges, and I'd never realised because why would you that Barrow's badge actually has a pun on it, so it's it's a B sat on an arrow to spell B arrow Barrow. Basically, I thought that was quite. Horrendous, actually. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if they managed to do that for us. So I'm quite glad we're not changing. Well, we could have our an ox, the ox on, on the Ford. Ford. Ford yeah. Yeah. yeah, but at least yeah. that's like a thing rather than just sticking a, an arrow through a bee. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then their nickname is the Bluebirds. So it makes no sense. When I when I saw the the second one released, which was the, the yeah. ox on the Ford, I did genuinely think they were going to change the badge. At that point, I was like, "That that looks quite suspicious." And then when I saw the Radcliffe cameras, the next one, I was like, "Oh no, yeah, no, but, no, 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 that's the end of that." Our ox, the ox head we have is, I honestly think, is up there. It's like top ten in the country in my in my eyes. Yeah, I I agree. I I love our badge. I I prefer I like it now. I prefer it without the rest of it around it. I like the arrogance of just the ox head, personally. But yeah, I get why yeah. they've got the yeah. The I like it. Um. Okay, no Headington Shark as our badge going forward then. No. The one thing I was going to say actually on this is that this is on the season tickets as well. Okay. So like when you get your little season ticket through the door, you get to see all these nice pretty badges. Good. I've got mine. Um, should we talk it's about tough. football players and transfers and stuff? Yeah, this is exciting should. stuff in pre-season, isn't it? This is the best bit. Yeah. Um, Jack Stevens has gone to Cambridge United on a free transfer but with Oxford United retaining a future interest in the player. I don't really know what that means. That means we're just interested in how he gets on in his career. <laughs> I think that must have some sort of buyback clause in there. Must mean something, otherwise it's yeah. a very weird no, thing. We're just going to yeah. follow him on Twitter. For... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have just keep an eye on him. followed him on all social media. Yeah. Um, Jack, how it's... do you feel about... Actually, Connor you... and Jack, you're both resident goalkeepers, aren't you? On the Tamana pod. John, where did you play when you Take a guess. centre back? Take a guess. Centre back. No. Oh. <laughs> Number nine. Oh. Yeah, when you say take a guess, that's like the obvious well, one, isn't defense, it? Defense, Big striker. Defensive midfield, like in the middle of the park. You were a rotter. He's a rotter. He's a fucking rotter. Oh, James, don't drop the F bomb, for God's sake. It's normally Sorry. me. I had the um, occasional oh, Hollywood pass, try yourself. I would say. But did like the uh, old dirty tackle. Ah, oh, so this okay. is why he loves this is why he loves Morsey so much, isn't it? We spend more time talking about John's football career now than Jack Stevens. 
Any we'll comments? Take, we'll take long, so. <laughs> yeah, Jack, exactly. what do you think about Jack? <laughs> what do Jack I think about Jack? Jack? I think it's probably a good move for all parties. Um, yeah, I think it was clear he was probably done done at Oxford. I think Manning was always going to bring his own keeper in, as we've seen and we'll discuss. I think Cambridge is probably a good club for him to go to. He'll be number one, you'd expect. And then if he shows um, kind of longer term, the potential that we saw, what, two or three seasons ago, he, he may go up a level. We probably benefit because I imagine there's a sell-on clause in there. Um, so, yeah, I think it works all around. We keep Eastwood as a number two, you expect. Experience still in the building. But, yeah, I think it works for everyone. Yeah. Okay. It's a very middle-class move from Mr. Stevens, isn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Bulldog, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Bulldog, probably not going to be wearing the shirt again. Doesn't hasn't seemed to have propped up in a coaching type position. So he has got another year left, hasn't he, Connor? But imagine that's it. Yeah, I think that probably is the end. Which is a shame because obviously this has been down to injury and nothing else really. Because um, when age. he was well, well, yeah, but I mean when he was in the squad and he was fit. You know, yeah. they actually formed quite a good partnership up front with Matty Taylor and was doing was, you know, doing well until his injury, which has obviously kept him out for a long time. So it is, it is a shame. I can't say the same for the other person who's on this list. Steve Seddon? Yeah, I can't say the same for him. I think it's kind of just a the ship sailed. I think it won't be long until we'll see him out the door signing for someone else, which is not a bad thing in my opinion. Yeah. We've got Cambridge away opening day of the season and Seddon scored in that fixture a couple he of did. years ago, didn't he? He did, and yeah. We, again, opening day of the season. Yeah. Well, that was when Jack put him as... Was that Jack that you put him as player of the season for that year? Prediction? I'm sure it was you that put that Yeah, on. and it, it was. It was, it was yeah. going quite well until he was shit. <laughs> 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 Hang on a minute. Weren't we described as analytical earlier? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I think Where are your he... stats on Steve Seddon? Those to the point analysis that was. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know if we ever found what his position was. He looked much better as a wing back than a left back. Um, I mean, how many conversations about players have we had this kind of thing before that Robinson brought in? Um, I'll be really interested to see where he goes next because presumably. Well, yeah, I think it'll be someone who has a bit of cash because we kind of we paid a fee for him, gave him a three year deal. He's not going to be on a small wage. Um, He'll join Salford and sit behind um, Luke Garbutt. Where did we get him from? Was it like Birmingham or something? Mm. Yeah, Birmingham. Yeah, yeah. So he did. He came with a bit of a rep. Like it's quite. Um, yeah, it has, off the back of that good out. that good loan spell at um, Portsmouth, wasn't it? That's when we signed him. Portsmouth. Is it Portsmouth? Yeah. Fair. Um, when's it all and done is there anyone else whilst we're on outgoings who else Good are we expecting to go Sorry. <laughs> Jack's giggling to himself everyone can't see it but we. I was laughing at John's pun but you two didn't pick up on it I, I didn't catch it John sorry mate so I was looking out. ahead to the next agenda point John hmm. but I'm sure the listeners will give us feedback it, well, it was solid it was 7 out of 10 effort <laughs> <laughs> James, um, I'll answer your question. And okay. Then, and then I want to hear John's thoughts on it. What was my question? Was Have I asked you a asked, question? You asked me, yeah, you asked who, who do we think is going to leave. Okay. Player. I'm I'm still convinced that Finlay will leave before the beginning of the season. We're just paying for his tan at the moment. 
Yeah, I suppose. I know. I, know. Yeah. I just, I just think that given the way the squad's shaping up, especially with the signing of Jordan Thornley, which is a great one. Um, before we go and speak, to, speak about that in a minute, but I just think with with the players that we've got in his position, I'm thinking, is he going to play? And is he then willing to sit on the bench? Uh, you know, are we going to go to a three at the back system? And even if we do, you don't see Finley playing left left centre back when you got Kieran Brown. So it's, I mean, we must be one of the only squads in the entire country that has three, is it three left-footed centre-backs? So it's quite impressive. And I, I don't, I don't see Finley sticking around, but I'll be intrigued. If he does, then fair play. You know, I don't think he'll be in, I don't think he'll be the starting, starting centre-back. He, if he wants to sit on the bench, then so be it. Didn't but, he nearly go to, back to Scotland in January, didn't he? Something was happening. have it, yeah. 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 So that's um, why I think there's something in that. What do you reckon, John? Because you, you've got mixed opinions on Finley. Um, I don't. Finley grew on me towards the end of last season. Um, but no, I agree with everything you've said there. And you've also got Long, who could be a third centre back if Manning does go to that sort of system. Yeah. Um. So, and Finley will no doubt be one of these that's on a high wage alongside Murphy and Wildshut. And, and that is the interesting thing with this transfer window is that we yet spend much money and part of that is probably because we've got to find a way we've still probably got an enormous wage bill to service yeah unless, still... we, sh- unless we shift wild shot or murphy and i can't see murphy going so no Mur- murphy is definitely not going to be leaving i don't actually mind it in a way even though he could break down after two games i kind of there were moments where like last season you thought yeah it's it's there but it's a fitness thing with him isn't it? it's not it's not a management thing Manning, in that Times article, was clearly very willing to be tough and hard on him in how he manages Murphy. So yeah, um, Jack, do you think Wildshut sticking around? Has he been on any pitches in preseason? Yeah, he looks. Um, he looks like he's lost a bit of weight. Okay. Which I don't know. I mean, will he stick around? Who knows? Because towards the back end of the season, he couldn't get on the pitch even as a sub. So. Manning didn't seem to favour him for whatever reason at that point, but um, he's on the tour, or well, not the tour, he's on the training camp. He looks fit, I suppose the word is, compared to perhaps how he ended up last season after his hamstring injury. So, you know, it, it might be if he, he's been given pre-season to impress and he kind of writes himself back into the thoughts again, or, you know, the window doesn't end till what, the end of August. It might be that we spend half of August scrabbling about seeing if anyone will pay the wage that we're paying him. Well, Manny's, um, think... Manny's talked about how we need still need wide players. So he's either referring to wing-backs or he is referring to the fact that someone's got to go because, yeah. <clears throat> in theory, have got Brown, Wildshot, Goodrum, Murphy, Bowden at a push playing slightly wide. So you, you start adding more wide players to that if they're wingers he's talking about and you've, you've absolutely bloated... Yeah, I don't think it's too bad if you you think Brown, Wildshot, Murphy, Goodroom, and then Rodriguez generally plays through the middle, doesn't he? Yeah, for the most 10. part, and then Bowden and him rotating of sorts, and then James Henry is who knows what role. Throw in likely have, likely but... injuries of at least four of those players you named. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that's, that's a, what I mean. That's a legacy problem as well. Though. Yeah. Um. Okay, let's get on to some of those players then. So, uh, Rodriguez from Notts County was the first one. Jack, his numbers look good. 
don't they? I mean, like, it's one of, weren't we saying, like, on one of the last pods from last year, we were saying, we just, wouldn't it be great to sign someone from maybe a lower league who has really smashed it? Um, and that's when we always, I always talked about the Boreham Wood guy, usually comes at Tishy Manga. Um, but this is exciting, isn't it? Well, yeah. And the thing is with Rodriguez, it's not just one season of good numbers. It's two, two and a half, whatever, whatever it was. Um, he's been attracting attention in the EFL for quite a while at varying levels. So I don't know when we would have first got in contact with him and, you know, how, because it was done within not very long with the season finishing, really, when you look at it. It feels an incredibly long time ago now that we announced him. Um but yeah, you, you look at his numbers and you think, brilliant, he can score, he can assist. Um, the probably big elephant in the room is that who's he going to be assisting up front because that, that's the big gap that I'm sure we'll talk about in a minute. But yeah, we you, I, I lost count a number of times last season, James, you said, why don't we sign anyone from the league below who's any good or from the conference that's any good? And, you know, the, the, the new look recruitment teams hit that nail on the head straight away. So I think that's the most exciting signing of the, of the lot, actually. Yeah. 50 Wikipedia says 51 goals in 125 games which for a player that's not always playing in a center forward position I mean I'm very excited yeah I really I hope I think, he just has a good start I think also the fact that he played in a in an Ots County team that were probably a decent league two side last season let's yeah, be honest exactly. um if not if not higher than that um does also kind of lead me to believe that he'll be able to make the step up relatively relatively quickly. I hope, you know, we can't, a, we can't guarantee that, but I think there is yeah. an element of that. There's definitely a health warning that it might take yeah. him a little while. It might take the whole team a little while. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit of a slow start this season. Yeah, he did. Um, I found it interesting in his interview with Chris Williams when he started, he referenced um, chatting to Jody Jones about it. And I was like, I mean, what type of review did Jody Jones <laughs> provide? <laughs> To help encourage yeah. you to come to Oxford, but he probably just said the facilities were good because that's what he kept saying in the interview. Yeah. Like, the facilities are brilliant. That's probably what Jody Jones said, he, he, and he probably said also it can't be much worse because Carl Robinson's not there anymore. So something you know. like that. Yeah. Um, John Jordan Thornley, how do you rate that out of ten? Oh, eight, eight and a half, if not a solid a nine. Like I, I'd forgotten about his passing ability actually as well the diag yeah well not just that but you know we there's no point in us over speculating about formation styles but if he manning does want to try and play three at the back thornley is the sort of slight step up in passing ability of the center halves we've we've got um but it's good good age good number of games like it's just a we should need we need more we needed more of these top players in the building yeah so Absolutely. that's why I like it as well. And he's he's played with more Elliot Moore, obviously before. You got you sometimes wonder whether Elliot Moore had anything to do with that as well. You imagine Manning would have spoken to him and said, "How was that relationship? How were you as a partnership? He's available. What do you think?" Um, again, maybe maybe not, but you you would have assumed that that conversation would have taken place. Um, they'll be striking that partnership back up. Jack, do you think that's the starting pair? In the middle, or do you think there's more to more to come? I uh, I think the defense defense is probably done. To be honest, yeah. Um. Then we have McEachran. Can I? Can I? Do you reckon, Jack? 
Do you reckon that is fit? Like, what do you think about fullbacks? Yeah, left well, back. Well, Steve, Stevens can play yeah. either side. So right. if he's not convinced by Brown, he probably plays Stevens and keeps long playing. I think I think if he does bring a player in, it'll be a left back. But I don't think it'll be the priority until late in the window. Mm. Could be the loan because Thorn Thornley can play left back as well. So you've got four players. You've got Brown, Thornley, Long, Stevens. You can all play left back. I mean, you can go into the conversation of they're not natural left backs, etc. But when was the last time we had a natural left back that we played regularly anyway? So, Tom Newey. But it does limit. It does limit us, though, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't think it's exactly the point. I, I, it does I agree limit. with Jack that it, it could be a late in the day thing. But mm. you kind of feel like Manning wouldn't settle for having a bit of a make weight left back. Yeah, that's what I think. Why I, would you? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think about Brown. It's like I really, really, really like Kieran Brown. I think Kieran, well, he was my player of the season last year, but I still don't see him as the long-term solution to the left-back. And I just find it strange because we've signed another very good centre-back alongside Moore and alongside Finlay and technically Brown. So I just think, I wonder... I wonder whether or not the three, the three at the back system is something that's kind of in the back of the minds of the well, well, the back Manning of the minds. Manning does seem to in the front of the minds play of the that managers. a yeah. lot with pre with his previous teams, but then it kind of like it sort of renders players like Brown and Murphy and to a degree Goodrum in that formation slightly <clears> defunct <throat> because you can't really fit them in unless you play them hmm. as one of the strikers. But then you've got Rodriguez, and you'd, hopefully we're going to sign at least one. Striker, so yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's a weird one. It's intriguing to see where Brown fits in. If, if you know, we might be making a problem up that really doesn't exist. You know, Liam Manning might not think there is a problem with Kieran Brown as left back, and he might be perfectly happy with it. But it's just, it's just yeah. the thing about it does limit you. Having looked yeah. at a bit, a bit about um, what's his name, new guy Brentford Stevens, um. He seems quite versatile, but right back doesn't sound like it's where he's played most of his games either. Like he's been more of a centre midfielder in the in the academies that he's come up through. So he's kind of played a bit of right back, but it's not necessarily he's not like an out and out right back. But then it's that the kind of thing. You remember the seasons where um we had Raffles and Long both really far advanced up the pitch, putting crosses in all the time and everything else. Um we just haven't played like that for the last year or so. But I, I think a big part of it comes down to having the personnel and the overlaps and everything else that you yeah. want from your it fullbacks is. at times. So you just assume that there's got to be an appetite for that. There's um, a bit of a Scars-Bulldog parallel, potentially, um, if Stevens is more offensively minded. but Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, we'll maybe. have to see. Yeah. Um, still just want that Marvin Johnson-esque person. Yeah, it was very exciting. Same. But did, what do we play with? K, were we playing four three three with KR when we had all the overlapping full black back stuff going on? I don't even remember anymore. Like the points where R- Ruffles spent a lot of time up the pitch, didn't he? Mm-hmm. In that one season, and his again, his goals and assists were crazy. In fact, weren't him and Long contributed to like we were on loads of those kind of stat things that get posted out, weren't we? About goals and assists, con- goal contributions from a defensive line, and ours were right up there. Um, anyway, we'll have to see. We're all just chatting nonsense, aren't we, at the end of the day. Anyway, Josh McEachern, that's interesting. I remember growing up in a family that supported Chelsea, and he was a household name 
Um, and here we are. And he's now come home. Do you reckon he'll get the he's one of our own chant, Connor? Uh, probably not, because he's not one of our own. He's well, just he from a Oxford. Uh, I mean, I've got a good story about the McEachran family, to be fair. Does it involve um, beds? No, it doesn't beds? involve beds. No, it doesn't. It involves a Range Rover, though. A very okay. fancy Range Rover. When I used to play for Oxford City, when I was a younger lad, um, his youngest brother, George, was playing like was it three years up, I think it was. So he was like in, he's basically in the same squad as what I was in at the time. And we had to go to an away game. I can't remember where it was. And there wasn't enough people, there wasn't enough space on the minibus. So me and one other lad, I can't remember who it was now. Was Ted. Basically, basically got a, yeah, Ted got a lift with uh, George and obviously Josh McEachern's dad. Um, so we sat in his Range Rover and his Range Rover was white and he had a gold gear stick. And that's what I remember. And that was quite cool, to be fair. And his dad was very nice. Um, so was, was Josh at was Chelsea cool. already at that point? Yeah, I think he was at Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. This is and when I said this was George. Stick. Yeah, because Zach was still Oxford City at that point as well, I think. But Zach's older than me. So he was playing way, way above me anyway. Um, but it was George who was actually being like basically bumped up the ranks at the time because he was a lot younger and he was still really good so they've obviously got well everyone knows this they've got football through their veins they're they're a pretty talented family so it's quite good I I was quite intrigued with the signing of Josh McKecker to be fair because I think he's the type of player that I think the squad needed in the absence of someone like Gorin Mm -hmm. Um, and the thing is with McKecker is he's not he's not as Jack would say a rutter however he plays in that position he's very good on the ball rutter rutter a rutter, rutter, right, rather, rutter, not a rutter, <laughs> a rutter. <laughs> a rutter. <laughs> so I think new terms. Like new terms. Sorry, 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 John. I just just came out wrong. I'm apologies. Um, but yeah, he's. I think he's. A, I think he's a good signing. I think you know he he brings obviously a lot of experience now because he's thirty. Um, he's he's been in and around League One and, and above for a, a long time. But also he's obviously got that previous working relationship with Manning, so I think it's a, a pretty decent deal all round, to be fair, especially on a free free transfer as well. So the definition of a rutter is <laughs> is a sake. horseman or trooper originally of German <laughs> forces common in the fifteenth and sixteenth century. So such a prick. Josh McEachran. <laughs> Did not, did not know that. <laughs> no, neither did I. Oh, Christ. Um, so, the, so the definition of a rotter is a cruel, mean, or unkind <laughs> person. Two-footed. Um, Jack, are you happy with McEachran? The, the, one of the concerns was about the amount of minutes. Can he last full 90 minutes? And how progressive is he in his, his play? So he, he's good at ticking things over, but... Can he find? Can he help to open things up? Is he a deep lying Herbie Kane type player, or is he just helping to keep possession? Uh, <clears throat> bringing it back to our frequent topic of conversation last season, I hope that he allows Marcus McGuain and Cameron Brannigan to express themselves further forward uh, on the pitch, and he can be the. He may not be a ruthless roster. He may be more of a sitter and play, but. Um, I'm hoping that he allows the other two, assuming they're the other two that start, um, to to get on the ball and show what they can do a bit more than they did last season. You you want a player who's keeps it ticking over, like you don't. We had problem with last season. We had three players who all wanted to get the ball, stop, do a couple of twists, pick a pass, do all that stuff. But you need someone just to keep it moving. So on that side of things, 
you know, he's, he's much more. Some of his videos, like highlight videos, they just kind of show him his passes are all 10 yard, 15 yard effective into the right areas. There wasn't actually that many sort of groundbreaking sort of passes or, or alike. So I think he's just a sort of nice fit between the, between the yeah. two. I have to see. Is this the season where McGuane's attacking prowess is coming, boys? Just just keen to... How many times have we said that? I know, I know, but... I, it's the guy it's that's, almost ridiculous, that's isn't with it? it? John and Jack are sticking with it. I like it. I respect it, though. And I'm hopeful. But you, Maybe you, it's the, the problem uh, with this is you get back into, like, formation, like, crystal yeah. ball. Because Brannigan, you assume, is pretty much an automatic starter. If it's two of them in front of the defence, McEachran's going to play quite a lot isn't he which mm-hmm. where does McGuane then play you could play him further up on the left if it's four four two three one if it's wing backs then fine it's the three of the midfield great it won't be two sitting surely or would it wouldn't it be wouldn't it be McEachran sitting in with two in front of him if it's four three three potentially but if it's four two three one then no because I imagine it would be McEachran and Brannigan in, in a two, and then, uh, and then yeah. Rodriguez slightly ahead of him. But you need, but, yeah, you, you assume yeah. a lot of it's going to revolve around having Rodriguez as, as a ten. So yeah. I kind of there is a bit of a sort of McGuane's got pretty stiff competition, but um, that's a good thing, yeah, because it it's yeah. you know because he didn't have it last season really because Lewis Bate was yeah, was obviously is... around the squad, but obviously he got injured towards the back end of the season. So I think it's actually a good thing. And Mc, how many times have we said that McGuane needs to hit his? You know, his potential because it's just it's I think obviously Manning, there, I think but it's just not quite there. I think I think there's a point there that I think this is the last season of his contract with us. If he doesn't hit his potential, then he probably has managed to limit himself to a, a career at this level for the foreseeable, rather than looking mm, true above. So you know, we might see a bit of a Mark Sykes with him, where he kind of suddenly comes out because he realizes he has to. Yeah, maybe, and then disappears on a free transfer and well, gives a bit of finger to everyone. Yeah, so, there, there, there within lies the risk. the risk. Yeah, true. But if we wanted to be more solid in certain... You could play him as one of the the three further up, for yeah, example. I, I, I never really thought about that, but does has Manning got any track record of 4-3-3? Because you, you assume that McEachran, Brannigan and McGuane will try and get them in. But like you say, if it's just two sitting, then... Um, I don't know. You imagine Rodriguez has to be starting games as well, don't you? Um, and you would expect a Murphy or a Brown to probably be starting, I'd expect. Um, anyway, we'll get to that in a second. Let's finish the transfers. Uh, I want to say Jeremy Beadle, but James Beadle, <laughs> his hands fully intact, um, joins the U's on loan from Brighton and Hove Albion for the whole season. Um Lots of potential. He's been in the whole England youth setups, hasn't he? Uh, all of his reels looked pretty fabulous, to be fair. Shot stopper. Just looks about 12 years old. It's my only gripe, but I think that's fine. You do wonder about that kind of physicality side of coming for corners and stuff in a a league with, um, I don't know. Connor, you're shaking your head. Do you think that's fine? No. Yeah, I think it's fine. I... I uh... I think this is. A, I think it's a really good signing. To be fair, I think originally when I first kind of I, I knew his name, I knew he'd been on loan at Crew. I knew he had a, a pretty good season there, but obviously he got injured, so that kind of hampered it a little bit. But the hype around him, um, 
I think is well earned by the, by the looks of it. And I think I I was intrigued when it first was announced. I thought, is he going to just automatically take the shirt off Eastwood? I don't know if he's going to just walk in and be like, right, this is me to you know, Eastie, see you later on the I bench. Think he will. I, I think he I don't, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I think he will. But I'm think what I'm trying to say is, I don't, I don't know whether it's just going to be like you know, first day, first day game of preseason, he's in there straight away. I think there'll be kind of a, a slight you know, age of respect, I guess, for Eastwood. But I do think, in terms of the player that we've got technically on the ball with his feet, I think. It's a very good signing, um, which obviously is something that Eastwood has lacked for a long time in his career. Um, and I'm also not worried about the physicality. I mean, look at the size of him. What is he, six foot six? He's got to be something like that, hasn't he? He's huge. Is he? He's massive. What do you think about that, John? Six six? I don't think he's that big, is he? Have you seen the size of him in the net? He looks John's massive. <laughs> I'm going to Google how big he is because he is, he's a tall lad. So I think we're... I think we're quite happy okay. with yeah, let's have, with let's... that with his presence. I think he'll be absolutely fine. Um, like, this is like dead air. Well, we all okay. Six foot. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, six foot two. So he's not six six. That's quite but six foot. But six foot two with big long arms. <laughs> well, how big are his arms? They got at least four <laughs> inches. <laughs> I'll make it six foot six. <laughs> uh. <laughs> What are we even talking way. about? He's um, <laughs> a good signing. There you good go. Good signing. Good signing. Um, when good was the signing. last time we had a goalkeeper on loan that went straight in to play a significant amount of games? We've had a few, like for Archer, maybe. Probably the last one. Yeah, I mean, Martinez. Yeah, he, he was covering Ripley. injury, wasn't he? Yeah, Martinez, classic Oxford Martinez. legend. Yeah, World um, Cup winner. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I think people. I know guess that. the last one we. <laughs> The last one we probably signed to be number one was George Long. Sheffield then, United. Oh, yeah. yeah, then he was useless, yeah. so we binned him off before his loan ended. Yeah, I remember that. But I think other, Sam, other, was, other loan Sam keepers... Sam loan, first of all. No, he was permanent. Was he? Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think other loan keepers have been to cover injury. Mitchell, Truman. Yeah. Benji Bushnell was a... Was a uh, oh, Ripley. Jesus. Not him. Um... Final one then, we talked about him a bit, but um, Finn Stevens joining on loan from Brentford for the season. That John? Is, this is a great signing. I'd, I'd possibly put this as one of the best ones there, actually. I think it's really, really good signing. So Arsenal, you've set up drops down to, was it Worthing or something, into non-league, and then apparently had some great performances there as a 16, 17-year-old, and then a load of league clubs were straight back in for him and ended up at Brentford. But it sounded like Brighton were keen on him as well. But um seemed to speak a lot of sense in his interviews, seemed grounded. I'd say that actually for all of the players, it was quite refreshing. Either, um, Beadle came across as a really good lad as well. But um yeah, just can't haven't quite like nailed down what type of player... Finn Stevens is whether he's got a lot of pace, whether he's gritty. Sounds like he's got a good work ethic, like grinds hard to kind of win challenges and everything else. But I just, we just, I guess we just don't know yet. There's no real is there a showcase in his um, talents of yet that we we've got. So, Jack, feeling good about Mister Stevens? Yeah, I think anyone who's been picked up by Brentford and equally with Beadle by Brighton in the last two or three years to be put into their kind of 
B teams or youth setups um, must have something about them because both those clubs' records of recruitment over the last five to ten years have been sensational. Yeah. So I think the only potentially sad thing about it, but we're used to this now, is that if he has a fantastic season, there's no way he's staying with us in the future. You'll see him <clears throat> take that next step kind of thing. But equally, I think as a League One football club and and the model, so to speak, that we appear to be leaning back towards a little bit, um, you accept that. And if he you know, does well for us, then hopefully that means that we do well on the pitch overall. For sure. So looking at our squad overall, we've kind of talked about goalkeeping position, defence. We've had that debate as to whether it's done or not, but Stevens with Long covering more and Thornley in the middle. Negru obviously came in, didn't he, and did really well in the appearances that he made last year. So it's just if Finley drops out, you've obviously got Brown that can come in and then it's still expect us to sign a left back. I really do. But I think, like you said, Jack, mm. it will be late in the window. Um, midfield, anyone else? Do, do we think anyone else is coming in? Or do we think it's going to be more about potentially a left back and then striker? We haven't talked at all about it. We've gone this far without mentioning striker. Well, I think it should be stri- it needs to be striker first, not left back. I think it's got to be top priority, isn't it? surely, at this stage. Yeah, surely. I've, he- I've heard Sam Smith mentioned by... George Ellick mm. on the dub. Let's, let's hope not. Um, I mean, but that's the probably the caliber, isn't it? Like where we're looking, we're not. Clark Harris isn't coming over, so it's. And there's all this chat, Jack. You were mentioning <laughs> someone mentioned France, and then there's a big thread on uh, in the oh, forums yeah. about all the French. Josh, Josh Madger, yeah, <laughs> Josh, as if, as if Josh Madger is going to take a step down from Bordeaux. Man, he could, could really Oxford. screw with people if he wanted to. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking ridiculous. at the uh, looking yeah. at these regular Nicholas and Elka. Um, oh, honestly, Nicholas and Elka. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, I think there's one name that I really wish was being banded around, and it's totally not, which is Alfie May. Because apparently he's going to Gillingham, which is ridiculous. That's a weird. True. That's yeah, well, this is still Rovers, the new favourites. Yeah, for him. I mean, like this is this. I mean, if if he is genuinely available, then he would be a player that I think Oxford should be looking at. But then that's just a typical fan perspective, isn't is it? He is he a striker? Is he like a ten? Yeah. Or is he a striker? He's number nine. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Um, Bristol Rovers is about right, isn't it? I'd think from bit of Cheltenham. Moving to Bristol, you know. Oh, he's an odd one, though, Alfie May, because like he's only he only turned professional in 2017. He's had like two good seasons out of the eight or nine since, and they've been the last two. He he falls in the bit of the Cole Stockton thing in that he's had two two or three yeah. recent good seasons, didn't get a move after the first one, and now doesn't seem to be getting the move that maybe you'd expect from a player that scored 20 goals in the last two seasons. So. He's 30 as well. So it's one of them where it's like, do we try and push a load of our budget to get a permanent striker who's like mid-20s with experience of the that. Football League? Yeah, I didn't know. He doesn't 30. look 30, does he? No, I did not think he was 30. Fair enough. Um, yeah. yeah. That's that's kind of the dream, isn't it? But I, I don't know. What, what yeah. I also find interesting generally is that it doesn't actually seem like there are many names being banded around at all at the moment. Just well, Man- Manning always... said yeah. in, a, in an interview on Radio Oxford, he basically said that it, there's barely any fish mm. um, to pull at. Like it's he does it. It's just a tough market, and he even referenced things around a lot of clubs and youth systems going for one up top. 
and yeah. they're seeming to be less less of a pool. So mm. that means just, you know there's a few I ideas. Just, just hope that Donka does not become. He, that's, that will not happen. Season. That won't happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm convinced there'll be a name. It's just whether it, you don't really want it to be relying on a, a late loan deal, do you? As our we need, we need to, striker. two strikers, ideally a little bit different to each other as well. Yeah. And yeah. no disrespect to Donker, he shouldn't really be that close to the team. 20 minute, 30 minute spells. It should be going on loan to Oxford City. It wasn't that in the pipeline a little bit. It sounded like um, a Donkard City, but it might be a late on in the window. Leave it's pretty thing. light, though, wouldn't it? Like it, I know you can recall them, but still, if we got two strikers, two strikers in, you need three on the books in a round. It's fine. It's fine if he can score a goal, but if he can't, what's the point? Yeah, if he goes there and gets twenty goals in the conference, exactly, then he's absolutely even, flying. Even if he gets ten goals in the conference, he's yeah. flying. Exactly. I would much rather see him play football at that level than sit on the bench for us I don't see the point in that personally I mean it, yeah, okay he had some cameos last season and he did alright at times and I think he probably got some unfair stick including that from me but I just think he's not he's not he's not at the level is he yet and I think alone in the National League would do him probably doing wonders especially with the physicality of that league and he's you know he probably fits the bill quite well I don't disagree but you need to be selfish and you need different options off the bench is the other side of the coin yeah, but if, you, if he's have... an investment, if he's an investment, and it's 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 just how do you get him to be the best version of himself, isn't it? You know, it's like that's the main purpose, surely. Of if you've got a recall option, you can get him out on loan, or mm-hmm. it, the the alternative is he stays around the club with better training facilities, playing and training with better players every day, and you hope that's yeah, the thing that brings him on. That. So it's kind of like which yeah. one of those is the better option for him, but interesting to see but yeah like you say john one ideally one permanent player with experience across the leagues maybe someone a bit older that's like your typical number nine and then probably a loan more you know a youth well, just, prospect or something like that i've just seen that joe piggott has um cancelled his contract yeah, yeah, yeah. at ipswich. ipswich i thought um, that was interesting yeah and I, again i i've always liked joe piggott i've always think i think he's kind of that like that big centre forward that we've not had for a long time. I just think back to um to to Taylor was the last one that we had that was kind of his kind of size um as a number nine. But I I'm not saying I'm advocating for us to go and sign Piggott because he's a big lad. But he has scored goals at this level. Um he did you know he had that exceptional season for uh Wimbledon, Wimbledon before he had his it, yeah. before he had his move. So he's obviously a proven striker at the level. So I I wonder what clubs are kind of you know, already been tapping his agent up. I wonder whether or not we we were or have been involved in any of that. But yeah. who knows? To Jack's point, though, two really good seasons at Wimbledon, but then beyond that, quite slow. But then he hasn't played, has he? But... He hasn't played. He hasn't been given no, the opportunity. No, no. So you know, yeah. you, you if you don't play, you can't score goals. And I know someone could say, well, there's a reason why he's probably not playing. But you know, if, unless you get the opportunities under a certain manager who's willing to put the confidence in you. And play, then you know you're not going to score goals, are you? So yeah. he's <clears throat> he scored four for Portsmouth last year in 35. Mm. But Portsmouth were a funny team last year, so I'm not really buying much into that. Yeah. Brannigan scored four penalties in a game. <laughs> um, <laughs> on a on a wider note, I was just looking at because it's the whole squad cap thing and 22 outfield players aged over 21, etc. We've got shed loads of room on that list. 
Because you assume Baldock, Gorin, um, Seddon don't um, don't get registered. So I think you end up with about 14 players who are over 21 registered and you're allowed 22 outfielders. So there's plenty of room. Um, and you, you hope that what at least... I'd, I'd argue if you're loaning O'Donkerite, you probably want three strikers. Yeah, or three forwards, perhaps. If perhaps one of them is a, a winger that can play across across a three. But Rodriguez can play central, can't he? Yeah, yeah I, th- so. I, I think I'm more thinking of John's point that one or both or all of Brown, Bowden, Henry, Murphy, Wildchuck may have spells out. Yeah. Um, any other names, Jack, floating around that you from a striker perspective? Striker-wise, as, as Connor alluded to, seems very, very quiet. Um, yeah. A couple of people keep mentioning Sam Nom at Exeter. I think he's got a year left on his deal and they probably want a decent fee for him. Um, he's he's a good player, but I, I don't think he moves to us unless we offer something spectacular. Yeah. Um. I wonder where Clark, Clark Harris, do you reckon he'll end up championship, lower championship? You'd assume so. Yeah. Um, Gavin White went to Pompey and then I only kind of clocked about the, I forgot about John Messina and I was like, ah, yeah, there you go. Um, So that's obviously the connection, but it sounded like we were in for him, but it didn't really feel like it was a... Don't see where it have fit is. Yeah, I, I'm not I massively don't... worried about it. No, I don't know thing. Um, so looking ahead for pre-season then, so we've got Southampton B behind closed doors, then we've got Eastley and Swansea within three days, Eastley away, Swansea at home, um, Bristol City behind closed doors, and then QPR at home. I feel like we always play QPR. Is that just me? Um, but there you go. What about the fixtures then, guys? Anything um, stand out for you? I haven't actually, like I said, I haven't. Cambridge away, we've done very, very recently, opening day of the season. Derby on a Tuesday, Jack, I bet that's quite upsetting for you. A nice local game. Are you well, quite it's not, not that upsetting because it's still only 10 minutes away. I know, but you kind of want that big... It's not really like a big away day at that point, is it? It's hard. No, no it's. I'm quite glad them and Barnsley are out the way quite early doors, though. Although Barnsley are in, seem to be in a bit of a mess, so... Maybe they're not going to be the threat that perhaps people think they are. Um, I think the fixtures are fairly well spread. They don't look like a nightmare month, or you know, until till we're twenty games in, we don't know who the good teams are going to be. But um, I think yeah. I seem to remember April this year we had like Peter Brown, Barnsley, and Derby, and someone else. So I don't think there's any of them that immediately jump out as being too horrible. It kind of sells you all like it, it gives you a steer as to this whole point around. Is League One going to be that strong next year? And you're absolutely right. You don't know who the good teams are going to be for a fair few games. But there's no teams, there's no months there, bar maybe the start of the first month where you go, Christ, that looks a terrible, (laughs) terrible month. Like, you know, what's come down from the championship is pretty much a, a mess. What's come up from League Two just... Reminds me of League Two, <laughs> like Northampton, Stevenage. Stevenage. It's like, it's like going bloody back, Northampton. It's going back to the like dreary, horrible days. So like, and this just doesn't seem to be that. I think we've got a great opportunity this season. Yeah, I think Connor. I think you're right. Sorry, I think I think there's going to be 
a lot of the mid-table teams who think they can sneak into the playoffs. And actually, if you look at signings across the league, people like Orient have come up, made a couple of good signings. Charlton have, Fleetwood have again, even though their chairman's gone to prison today, but that's another thing. Um, Bolton have strengthened well. Pompey have made some good... So it's going to be... Once the predictions start coming out in the magazines and the betting sites and stuff, it's going to be really interesting to see who people are putting the money on. I mean, Bolton and Derby must be pretty much kind of on paper right this moment be two of the strongest. Alan Peterborough maybe, but yeah. I know, I know what you mean though, John. When you look at it, on the face of it, it just doesn't feel, yeah, doesn't feel like, it. you know, we've got a real good shout this year, but I guess we say this every year. We haven't done <laughs> predictions. <laughs> let's, well, let's think about yes. that in a second. Um, Connor, were you going to add something? Sorry, bud. Yeah, I was just going to say how um, I can't believe anyone hasn't mentioned the 14th of October, which is Reading away. Yeah. So, obviously, Reading find themselves in a pretty sticky situation at the moment with having a wind-up order um, and a few other their, their issues involving their ownership and things like that. But, um, obviously, as a football fan, I don't wish bad on any club to go down that kind of rabbit hole. So, hopefully, they sort themselves out before the beginning of the season um, but October the 14th away at Reading that'll be a, a really really good good fixture equally the home game will be good as well but you know you can't you can't look at this this fixture list and not point towards one of those because we've not played them in such yeah. a long time it'd be fantastic so there's obviously that one um, but I think in terms of just quickly jumping back into kind of when you mentioned the kind of predictions I do have a strange feeling about Portsmouth this season I, I, I have a an inkling that they're going to do quite well, and I and I kind of in a weird way, I'm like, yeah, if they do well, then fair play because I'm quite they, John Massinho. But they didn't I, massively take to Massinho as a fan base though. Towards the end, he had a really good start, didn't he? But it all dwindled. Um, their defeat, they lost to us, didn't they? I oh, know. Did we draw? I don't remember. Towards the end of the season, it was it a draw? We should have won it. But... Yeah, but they were rubbish. Um... <laughs> he's, he's he's earned a clean start of the season like, yeah 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 it's, it'd be very much his side now i think he's, they've signed nine or ten haven't they so far so yeah uh, to be yeah you're right so we'll have to see how he gets on um i think the one thing worth saying about that reading game is a i can't see how it'll be three o'clock on a saturday because being a local derby factor and b it does fall across the international break so it could well get moved if either club have three call-ups I can't think who we've got. We might get called up Brown, I suppose, the keeper. Ginty. Yeah, so yeah, you potentially. Yeah. Um, you might be out on loan though. So. Lincoln. I think the last time we played Lincoln away in September, we had a good time. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, that should be good. In fact, yeah, quite going to go to Cambridge, Derby, Barnsley, and Lincoln. I think so. It'll be quite a busy early start to the season. But um, not going to Stevenage away ever again. What's yeah. it called? The Lamex. I haven't been there for yeah. Oh, it's been ages. I used to I used to feel like we were there all the time. I hated that they were our rivals. They're kind of like rivals, weren't they, for a bit? Um. Anyway, right. Uh, we've got Bristol City in the League Cup. We played them, didn't we, in the League Cup first round at one point? One one nil. Am I dreaming? Yeah. Carlton Morris scored. Carlton Morris, that's it. I remember that. Pizza Trophy, we've got North Northampton, MK, Dons. 
Chelsea under we always have cool. Chelsea under twenty ones. They might as well not bother. Mm. At least yeah. the uh, the Northampton MK Dons games are very very close for me in Bicester, but I will not be going to them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, public ser- yeah okay. This is Jack's public service announcements of fixtures. I think. Oh shit! So Lincoln away falls on an international break potentially as well. Oh, that's a shame. You didn't bring that up as we were getting excited about the the game. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, same with the Reading game. It was just spoken about as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but also the uh, the thing is with that. Just <laughs> clearly don't um, listen. No, my headphones. It's because it's because my headphones have died. That's why I couldn't hear. I generally couldn't hear some of the pop. So I've obviously missed that, but. Equally, the uh, that Brendan game obviously get moved on it. So, in terms of the kickoff time, just like the Bristol Rovers game. Yeah, said that as well. Yeah. Oh, did I? Well, that's my headphones. <laughs> my headphones died during it, so I missed it. So I'm awfully that's sorry safe. for everyone. It's a as I just repeated bang. it. No, yeah. If, if you didn't hear, we've signed five players so far. <laughs> uh, when are we? We've got time. We can do predictions um, before the season starts, can't we? We don't have to do it now. Let's not. That's we've got a month. Um, yeah, let's do them at a sensible time this time, rather than about three weeks before the season when we were all far too giddy. Absolutely, I'm absolutely going to be over over optimistic again. And I'm not. Usual. I'm not picking a new signing for Player of the Year because it's just cursed them the last two seasons. So, I picked Marcus Brown last year when I looked back. Didn't work, but I might just keep doing it until it works. Um, okay. Thanks everyone for listening. Um, probably be back in two or three weeks. Hopefully, we've got another couple of players through the door. Um, we've had a few pre season games to talk about. New symbols. Actually, yeah, new symbols. Maybe we need a fresh logo, fresh icons for the pod. But uh, we haven't done anything like that. So why am I even saying it? Anyway, right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you in a, we'll see you in a few weeks. Bye bye. <laughs>